Welcome to the uh, Too Lazy to Write podcast. With me, your host, the real John Baker. I want to thank uh, my friend Abigail for being my first guest on my second show. Um, I really appreciated that chat we had, and I hope everybody enjoyed listening to it. She uh, has led quite the life, and I hope maybe I'll catch up with her later, find out what else is going on uh, in a little while. That should be interesting. Um, and I also have some plans to talk to my friend Paul, who lives in London, in the London area. I don't actually know where he lives in the United Kingdom, but we're going to catch up uh, soon and um, going to post that as soon as that one's done. But um, in the meantime, today I thought I was, uh, I had one topic um, that I wanted to cover that was going to be about um, music, but I've decided to put that on hold because last night, um, pardon me, I have a bit of a a cough thing going on here and um, I'm sucking on a, uh, I'm sucking on a fisherman's friend. (laughs) Not really. Um, but that's a good joke. I'm sucking on a, uh, Trader Joe's cough drop and it's really delicious. Honey lemon. Um, but last night we went to a hockey game. We saw the Capitals play the Senators. Um, Senators lost. We pretty much knew that was going to happen after the season they're having. And that got me to thinking because there's a whole bunch of stuff going on back in Ottawa about the ownership group and... People are raising money to, you know, humiliate the owner um, by, you know, trying to uh, get a a billboard close to the arena, asking for him to leave. And I think it's funny that grown people um, (laughs) care that much about a hockey team. Like, look, I want the, the team from the city I lived in to win. I'm I'm happy when they win. I want them to go as far as they can in any sport. Whether it be Canadian football, which I love, or whether it be hockey because we only have two teams, the Senators and the Red Blacks. Um but I do find it funny when like grown adults uh, are so passionate about a sporting franchise that they seek out others and they decide to raise money uh like asking an owner to sell the team. Like, look, I'm sure there's an argument to be made for it. Uh, I just think it's downright fucking stupid. And, um, and I'm sure they do realize that the man who owns the team or any team for that matter, it's a private, uh, sale. It's a private purchase. It's not, the guy wasn't an elected official. There's no uh, recall vote. You can't vote the owner out. The only thing he or she or the corporation, the board of directors, whatever, could do is decide to sell. And I think with the city of Ottawa, it's in a unique situation where uh, the National Capital Commission and the city made a terrible decision in awarding uh, the owner the, the rights to build his own playground on Le Breton Flats. When faced with the two bids, they had the... Uh, cantankerous owner, uh, confrontational, egotistical owner of uh, of the Ottawa Senators. Um, on the one hand, and then on the other hand, they had the guy who created Cirque du Soleil, um, and they opted for the owner because that's the vision of the city of Ottawa. You could have the guy. 
uh, and the creative force behind Cirque du Soleil. I'm sure everybody's heard of them. They're a fucking global phenomenon. Um, so you could have the, the team behind Cirque du Soleil create a, uh, a space, a living uh, space, a, a, a destination uh, with museums and shops and, and living spaces and probably office buildings and a host of other things uh, for people to enjoy over a 20-year period. Um, pretty visionary guy, the Cirque du Soleil guy. I think he's been to space, if I'm not sure. And uh, and they opted for the other guy. Now, of course, the other guy has the the, the building rights on the land, so he's not going to go anywhere. He's not going to sell the fucking team. And if he decides to sell the fucking team, um, I don't know if it's going to be the Cirque du Soleil guy. And does the Cirque du Soleil guy even want to, you know, entertain the... Whatever. The point being, grown adults with children... And jobs, uh, one of two of which I have. I have two children. I don't have the job. Um, but grown adults, I don't know. I find it funny. Like, let's all get all up in arms about the owner of a team. And I think it was Jerry Seinfeld who basically said, at the end of the day, you're just cheering for laundry. The point being, I went to the hockey game last night. I got to say, before I get into the meat of this, I know I've been talking for a few minutes now, but before I get into the meat of this... Um, the there was a penalty. Uh, Ottawa was on the power play. Washington skater goes to the penalty box, and the in rink uh, PA system played the Genesis song. There must be some misunderstanding, and that got me to thinking about just the pathetic uh, song selection choice in hockey arenas. Because, oh, isn't that funny? There must be some misunderstanding. And the crowd gets the joke. Because, you know, the ref made a mistake. It's a misunderstanding. Our guy shouldn't be in the penalty box. Whatever. In-ring entertainment music is just the absolute worst. It's like, you know, people could joke about wedding DJs, but, like, fucking in-ring DJs? Ugh, that's just like, and you know what? If anybody says, can you do a better job? Yeah, I could. Give me two days and I could do a better job of finding music that could be played in, uh, in, in, in ranks because I, I, I could literally come up with, I don't know, 10 better songs than the, uh, than the six pack that they currently use at every hockey arena. And that awful, awful sounder of the guy going, make some noise. Oh my God. And the clapping noise. It's just terrible. I wonder, you know, what happens when a hockey fan who grew up in, you know, the fifties and sixties goes to a hockey game these days. And, and, you know, it used to be, you know, back then it was, you go, you wore a suit and tie and a fedora. Um, now people, you know, they paint their face and they, you know, wear cargo shorts and uh, bring flags in. And the in-ring entertainment, it really is like it's an entertainment, um, it's an entertaining event. It's more, it's a sporting event with, you know, more concentrating on entertainment. But, uh, and it's that way with any sport. But um, I just think like the purist is probably like, what is all this crap? I just came here to see guys play hockey and fight and, well... 
that's not going to happen anymore. Now it's, you know, let's go to the fan cam and see the dancing children in the 400 level. And there's always like a kid like just dancing way out of his or her, you know, capacity. And I just, I imagine the parents just embarrassed as all fuck. Like just what is this? This is what my child wants to do. They want to like, you know, shake it to outcast, um, during a hockey game. That's a whole other uh, podcast, I imagine. But what what I really wanted to talk about today, after going on here for Lord knows how long, I think probably 10 minutes. Um, so it's really interesting. Back in like the, um, the early 2000s and go- going forward to like, you know, the mid 2010s, 2015s, let's say, there was a, a few uh, documentaries, music documentaries that came out that kind of explored like, you know, the hidden uh, talents of of uh, the music industry or the stuff that we all took for granted. Like there was one movie called Standing in the Shadows of Motown uh, that talked all about the Funk Brothers and the Funk Brothers were sort of like the house band uh, for Motown. And there were a lot of, uh, you know, men and women that you didn't really, you didn't know who they were. Uh, but they played on all of these great Motown albums that you know and love. And then in... Uh, 2013, there was Muscle Shoals that talked about the Fame Studio um, in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. Again, uh, a lot of great music and great artists uh, recorded there. Great music came out of there. And then there was Sound City. I think Dave Grohl did that one. Uh, that was like about a you know a soundboard that like a bunch of people had recorded on. And um, and you know it was all like these unsung. Uh, sort of, uh, people or equipment. They made a movie about equipment. That's really funny. It's almost like Transformers. But one story, uh, and it's not music related, but one story that never has gotten covered, and it goes back to my whole hockey bit, one story that never has gotten covered is the story of some of the most popular in-rink music that we are um, aware of uh, at hockey games and other and other sporting events um, that that use an organ. <laughs> anyway, um, so I did some research, and I was going to write about this the this sort of like mini pocket of Canadiana that I found out about, but I decided screw it. I'm going to just tell the story because, as the podcast is called too lazy to write. I am too lazy to write this story down, but I'm going to tell it. So, um, what you got to remember is this, this goes back, you know, back to the 1930s in Canada. And, uh, you know, at the end of the 1800s into the, uh, early 1930s, like very early, like 1931, tens of thousands of Jewish immigrants, uh, entered Canada to, Uh, I said from Europe, Uh, they entered Canada because they were searching for a, well, they came to North America, they were searching for a better life uh, to get away from the persecution uh, that they felt and the anti-Semitism that was coming at them at that time in Europe. Now that's all cleared up. (laughs) Anyway, um, so uh, it was difficult that for them though, uh, to assimilate because there was this, you know, anti-Semitic, um, uh, feeling, I guess, this sentiment 
going on at the time. But um, 1930, a family, Abraham and Rachel, and I'm hoping I get Gilona. Gilona? Uh, I probably said it wrong, but they uh, came into Canada, Halifax, um, Pier 21, 1930. They arrived from Poland. Uh, and uh, they had with them their two daughters, Rose and Judith. And the first thing that Abraham did was he changed his name uh, to Green, which is actually the um, English translation of his Polish last name. He changed his name to Green. So from then on, they were known as Abraham and Rachel Green, and uh, Rose and Judith Green, their two daughters. So they, they settled... They go from uh, they go from Halifax. They have family who are living in Winnipeg. They go there to uh, to you know live with them to start their lives anew in Canada. Abraham becomes a tailor, and Rachel is a home uh, homemaker because um, that's what happened to them when they moved to Winnipeg. And their two daughters went to school, etc. Uh, etc. Et and um, did I say Rose? Yeah, Rose was, sorry, Rose and Judith through the daughters. Rose um, is a very prolific piano player at a very young age. And she plays, um, she plays recitals and, and you know, in local uh, concerts, etc. And she's a very prolific piano player. And as she gets older, uh, she meets a man. Um, and his name is Philip Miller. So Rose Green marries Philip Miller and her sister, Rose's sister, Judith, she never marries. Okay. So, um, the two of them meet, they get married and Philip is a math teacher. Uh, so they meet, they get married. He's teaching math in Winnipeg, but then a position comes up in a town in Manitoba called Frost River, Manitoba. So the two of them pack up uh, he's going to become a math teacher in in Frost River, Manitoba, at the at the high school there, Frost River High. It was the only high school there, so they didn't feel the need to name it after anything except the town. It's maybe a town of you know like I don't know a thousand fifteen hundred people, and kids from all over the area would go. He's a math teacher. They have two children. They have so so Philip and Rose. They moved to Frost River, nineteen forty three. They have two sons, Ronald and Theodore Miller, Ron and Teddy. Um, Ron's more of a student. He's a uh, you know, math guy, just like his dad. And uh, Teddy is more of a sporty guy. Okay? So that's the scene for you. Here's this, new, this family. They got two young kids. They're living in Frost River, Manitoba. Uh, he's a math teacher. He also teaches phys ed as well. Uh, so he's the coach of the hockey team. He's the coach of you know the baseball team. Whatever sports they're doing, he's he's there to, to coach it. And then you have his his beautiful wife Rose, and she is um, a homemaker, but she also teaches piano because there's a need for that. So so she's teaching piano anyway. Uh, their their younger son Teddy he's doing really well in the uh, in the hockey program in Frost River. And they decide that, um, well, they decide he's, he's taking 
you know, his team is, is, you know, taking part in tournaments, et cetera, et cetera. And the father is actually the coach of the, of the Frost River um, hockey team. And there is a lull he's noticing. The father, he's like, you know, during the, um, the, the stoppages and plays, people are just milling about and they're not, they're losing interest in the game. So, so he has this idea. He's like, you know what? I'm going to see, maybe we'll make a couple extra bucks. If my wife can come, they have an organ up there for when they hold, for, for when they do public skating and someone plays the organ. Um, I'm going to see maybe if my wife can come and play, uh, you know, music during the, during the stoppages and plays. Why not? And the management of the hockey team and the management, uh, of the rink, they agree to it. They think it's a good idea. They're going to give her a couple extra bucks or whatever, him or her. I don't, I don't remember. I, I wasn't able to find the details if it was tacked onto his pay or if it was tacked onto her pay, but it's irrelevant because they were getting the money. So she goes to the arena to play and she's playing between the stoppages in, in play. And she's just like, you know, playing chord, hit the microphone. She's playing chords. She's playing, uh, you know, scales, really nothing that's, that's keeping people entertained. Then she has this idea. I'm just going to play, you know, some of the stuff that, uh, I, I first learned how to play. And because of her, her background, her Eastern European background, she has like this knowledge of all these, you know, upbeat, uh, upbeat little, little songs. And of course, one of them being the very popular Kalinka. So she starts playing that and the crowd starts clapping and they're engaged and she's thinking, okay, this is working for me. The whole Kalinka thing. Then she, next stoppage, Havana Gila. And she starts playing like all of these songs that are based in, you know, this, this like, um, Eastern European folk music. This, this woman from Winnipeg, Manitoba, who moved to Frost River, Manitoba with her husband, Sweet Rose Miller. And the nice thing you know, people like the, the name Miller, it kind of, they didn't, they, they were able to avoid the anti-Semitism because the name is sort of, let's call it ambidextrous. <laughs> it could go, it could go either way. You know, it could be a Jewish name, Miller. I've, I know many, many, um, people with that last name who are Jewish, but I also have met people named Miller who are not Jewish. So Boom, there you go. And green also, I mean, green, yeah, I, I know a lot of greens who are Jewish, but th that's irrelevant because at that time she was um, Rose Miller. So um, what ended up happening was the team did, did well that season, and they went from Frost River to a tournament in Manitoba, in, sorry, not Manitoba, in Winnipeg to the big city. And they brought along Rose because they kind of looked at her as a bit of a good luck charm because the crowds really liked what she was doing and they had a great record, uh, win loss record. So they bring Rose to Winnipeg and they ask the, uh, the ownership or the, the manager of the rink there that they were playing at, 
if she's able to, you know, play the organ during the stoppages and plays because it really works. So because the team was doing well, they had some some interest from from professional teams who were there at the time scouting out younger players and some owners and some some uh, some managers were there and Rose starts in with her and the crowd they've never heard it before um the the ones who were there uh from uh, Frost River had heard it, so they start clapping, and then she goes into the Havana Gila, and then she's doing, you know, the da 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 da, all of that stuff, and and uh, and that's that's sort of how it happened because the owners saw how successful it was, and it kind of was this little grassroots thing that sort of moved from town to town to town to town, and before you know it, um, you know, we're in the mid '60s here. Uh, the games, of course, have been on the radio for a while. There's exposure, and people are noticing that this Eastern European sort of klezmer-esque um, music is popular in hockey arenas. And that's um, how it happened. That is the story of Eastern European music in hockey arenas across Canada eventually uh, North America-wide, and, you know, just uh, a couple weeks ago, the Olympics ended. And what did you hear in South Korea during stoppages and plays? All of that music, and who can we credit it to? A piano teacher named Rose Miller from Frost River, Manitoba. It's almost as if it should be a Canadian Heritage Minute, but it's not. Anyway, that's the story I'm leaving you with today. I'm going to uh, get in touch with some people, and we're going to uh, work ourselves a schedule and start talking to more people, and I'm thinking I'm going to get, what I'd like to do is try to get one podcast up every week, maybe Monday morning, and uh, I want to do a little ramble one week, and then an interview the next week, and a ramble and an interview, and you get the picture. So uh, until we meet again, I actually have to leave because I have to bring my car to the mm, dealership. But I want to thank you for listening. And it's too lazy to write.com, the number two, the word lazy, the number two, the word write, the dot, and the com. I'm the real John Baker at the real John Baker on Twitter, or go to the website too lazy to write.com and fill out the form and tell me what you want to hear, how much you love me, how much you hate me. Um, and we will uh, be in touch soon. So take care and thanks for listening. Talk soon. Bye. Too lazy to write. We're in-